Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Omega Metroid Podcast. My name is Andy Spateri, and as always, joined by Dakota Lasky. Dak, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastically. Uh, trying to think of any fun news I have. I don't really have any. Um, I changed my at on Twitter and Twitch to DakCity underscore, so no more at the Rapture underscore. I don't even know if I told you that, but... Uh, I did do that. That's news to me. That was, yeah. Um, I had, I changed it in the uh, the podcast Twitter bio. Yeah, I got rid of it. Was sick of the name. Was sick of uh, like random Jesus people hitting me up in my DMs <laughs> about the end of the world. <laughs> um, I've had that tag for for ten years actually. So I was like, yeah, whatever. People call me Dak anyway. So I got rid of it and uh, played some Metroid Fusion this past weekend into last night into today for this upcoming episode we're about to do uh let's see going through the endless nintendo direct and super mario collection rumors i feel like we're getting every day now uh been enjoying some valorant some halo 3 some rocket league lately so yeah it's been it's been good how are you doing uh you know i'm i'm doing okay i uh, i'm a little bit stuffy today actually i was telling you before we got on air so what i've done today is I actually have my patio door open behind me, and usually I'll close it to kind of, uh, you know, keep the audio fidelity mm-hmm. of this show higher, because there's always kids playing in that park behind me, but uh, I'm not going to do that today, so if you hear some kids playing behind me, that's just some added extra bonus for you <laughs> on this fine Omega Metroid show. Um, I, yeah, you know, if I see one more Nintendo rumor, Nintendo Direct leak, I'm going to throw up. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's It's... I mean, it's ridiculous, and, and first of all, it's like, you do anything, you say anything on Twitter, and like people explode about a Nintendo Direct, and people are upset that there's not one, and blah, 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 and it's just like, it's 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 getting out of control, but it's also ridiculous that like Nintendo is letting this foster and letting it happen, like, just give us something, give us something, and just say like, hey, we don't know when this is coming out, because there's a pandemic going on, but at least here's what we got so far, something to to feed or at least uh you know appease the appetite of the fan base right now who really haven't had anything come out in you know since paper mario which was geez is that like that was uh, may two right? months ago now i thought that was like something may like that, that was like four months ago or something i don't know and didn't we it just like have like a, a mini direct la- like i think we had a mini direct between the last episode and this episode, I, I I think I slept through it, and I actually thought it was a joke. I thought people were just joking on Twitter, like, oh, they did another mini-direct. It wasn't a real one, but they actually did. And like, now it's like the third partner-slash-indie-slash-mini-direct they've had that has not included any first-party Nintendo games. I'm pretty sure the last time that we got news on first-party Nintendo games in a direct form was, like, last year. Like... Like getting it, it was last September. Yeah, like it was like I literally. A year I, I ago. specifically remember it. Yeah. So it, it wow. ended with Xenoblade Chronicle uh, remastered. Wow. And that was like the big game, and there's been nothing since then. Um, but yeah, dude. So I I am all about people making games, and I'm you know it obviously takes so much skill to make a game. So I don't want to sit here and say that any of these games are bad or any of them are like, you know, not worthy. But man, the games that they showed in that partner showcase, oh man, <laughs> like, okay, so it started off and there was like one rhythm game and then it was like Kingdom Hearts music or something like that. And then it was like a, another musical game and then a fourth and it was like 
all right what is happening right now is this real life like is this is this what we're doing now like we're talking about music games in nintendo directs that you know at least what they at least what they did which was smart is they just like shadow dropped it so they didn't have a you know fans didn't have a chance to get hyped up about the direct and then you know conversely poop all over it for uh for for revealing nothing but music games after but yeah that was that was pretty miserable and it's ridiculous you know fans are getting ridiculous and downvoting everything but it's also ridiculous that nintendo can't read the room as you're fond of saying and just you know saying like here's something here's like a little morsel yeah i mean i I get it you know with covid working remotely and is not easy for a lot of people and for a lot of companies and you think of a huge corporation like nintendo just having all the pieces working in tangent together in in real life out you know before covid is is a hard task right and now to have people you know have that happen when people are working remotely working from home whatever it is i'm sure the absolute like difficulty of making all those things happen is you know increased tenfold a hundredfold you know like i was lucky my company was already kind of transitioning into it beforehand so we got lucky with that a lot of companies a lot of people were not so i can understand that and we saw the recent i don't know if i talked about this on the show maybe a week or two ago whenever it happened uh you know halo infinite got delayed probably you know they're they're citing you know covid being a big part of that so you know when you're when microsoft is delaying their flagship launch title for their new generation console and it's halo of all games you know that like it's hitting everyone across the board so i'm not surprised that nintendo doesn't really have much to show uh i've been joking that nintendo's just just stop making first party games they're just gonna (laughs) make switches and people will put their games on it and they're just done making games because I haven't seen them <laughs> developing anything. Um, yeah, so it, it's something that not, no, uh, nobody can avoid. It's a huge thing, obviously, affecting every part of every business and, and really society across the you know entire world, but obviously you know here in the States as well and in North America and whatever. So I'm not surprised Nintendo still doesn't have much to show, but they got to show something. I feel like we've had this conversation so many times. At this point, Andy, I feel like we should be starting our own site and just printing out uh, rumor articles <laughs> because, like, anyone can do that and they're going to get clicks. I, I don't blame people for for putting those articles out there because they're guaranteed clicks. I yep. It, I, I saw another one today, and it's like, hey, guess what? Mario 35th Anniversary oh. <laughs> Edition is coming this week. But I saw the same thing last week, and I saw the same thing the week before. And you know what? You're, you're totally right. COVID has made everything exponentially more difficult but on the flip side i feel like we're all understanding of that and if nintendo was like was like you know here is breath of the wild 2 or metroid prime 4 and we're not very far in but we're you know at least here's a trailer we we don't have a release date yet because we don't know what's going on or or like if they were just a little bit more transparent i feel like people are understanding of what's going on right now. They just hmm. want to see something, right? Like yeah. they well, they want to have something to look forward to instead of like this giant like carrot that's been dangled and has now been revoked and hidden and locked away in like a, a safe somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, at the same time Nintendo's never really been transparent, you know? Like they really no. try to keep things under wraps. And I get it. Like if you give if you don't give people news, people will be mad. And while I do think some people are understanding, if you do give people news, they're still going to be mad somehow. They're going to be like, how could we only get a trailer? Why is it too short? Why is this? Why, why are we not getting this information, not information? So 
as from Nintendo's perspective, I don't blame them being completely hesitant or just, you know, not at all communicative because there's always going to be people that aren't happy. At the same time, the stuff that you do want to show people in and of itself, that stuff needs to get prepared, right? Like you can't just like print out a trailer. You got to get like, like, it's like when you go to E3, right? Like those demos are like crafted specifically for E3 and which take, which, right. which are like almost developed separately from the main game. So I think it's the same thing here where like, they're probably focusing on actually developing the games and not necessarily like also developing assets that are presentable to the public because that would have to go through a bunch of other stages that the main development probably isn't, isn't even at yet. So I can understand that they probably don't even feel comfortable showing something because they're really just focused on getting the games done. Of course, it sucks for us because we don't know that and we'd like to see something. But, you know, it is what it is. I do think they got to read the room a little bit. They got to give us something. But at this point, I think it's clear that they are staunchly not <laughs> going to give us anything until they really feel like they're ready. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if we don't get any solid information on really any first-party Nintendo games through the rest of 2020. So that could be the reality that we're living in. Hopefully, it's not the case. Hopefully, we get some kind of news. Um, even with the Super Mario Collection, I feel like that it seems like it would happen regardless of the rumors. But at this point, I feel like it's it might be just as much of a pipe dream as Metroid Prime Trilogy on Switch. Who knows? Probably less so. But uh, yeah, I don't. I, I'm not putting any faith in Nintendo. You know, really revealing anything until they're super ready. And at that point, I really feel like 2021 might be that uh, that point. All right, so. This here's two little glimmers of hope. I feel like before we move on and we talk some Metroid here, the first is that September is usually a key month for Nintendo because the fiscal year uh, or the fiscal quarter rather ends in September. So they, you know, traditionally we've had a direct that shows off a lot of big games coming, so that you know their 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 profits or their shares and their shareholders all are happy and that everything looks good. So that's. That's kind of a glimmer of hope, number one. Glimmer of hope, number two, is that Nintendo Online um, subscriptions typically will end in September. You know, a lot of the people that first signed up in uh, 2018, you know, signed up for the one year. Last year, they revealed that Super Nintendo games were coming as kind of a, uh, a way to convince people to re-sign or re-up for another year. So that's going to be ending soon. So maybe there's something coming in terms of at least something for Nintendo Online to entice people to, you know, to re-sign. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Two, two little glimmers of hope, maybe. Well, I actually mentioned it. Uh, Nintendo is at its current 52-week high at $71. And I believe it's at its, you know, five-year high as well, uh, $71. So it's doing pretty well. But the whole market is, is, is uh, going against reality right now. So I'm not exactly surprised by that. But yeah. Um, hopefully it, it works out for the, for the shareholders. I'm not one of them, but, uh, I just, the shareholders want to see Metroid Prime 4. I know this <laughs> and that's what they want to see. I hope we see that soon. Yeah. My, my uncle's a shareholder. He wants to see <laughs> Metroid Prime 4. He told me he also works at Nintendo. Okay. Um, all right. Let's, uh, let's get going here. We are back with another mapping Metroid segment and uh, this one is a little bit different from the ones that we've done before. This is all about Sector 2, the tropical area in Metroid Fusion. Before, what we've done is we have, you know, we've kind of talked about some things individually. Um, the power-up expansions, the story, the music, the bosses. We're just going to kind of go through and talk about each experience that you get 
in Sector 2, because Metroid Fusion is, of course, um, a little bit different from your typical Metroid games in that you can... It, it's a lot more structured, so, you know, you have specific things that you do the first time you go, and then you're sent back there a second time, so we're just going to kind of roll with that and talk about our experiences, um, you know, in Sector 2. And, Dak, you were... I think Sector 2 was your pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, explain to everybody just kind of what about Sector 2 made it stand out to you. Uh, well, obviously, you know, Metroid Fusion, my favorite 2D Metroid, so that one's easy. And in terms of it being particularly something I want to talk about, it's always been an area that stuck out to me because I'll, it's probably the first area in the game where a lot of major events start happening. There are a number of moments in the game that, you know are in my memory that are tied to that area specifically, like your first encounter with the SAX, the the chase sequence uh, later in the game, and, you know, a good amount of the story starts really getting going in that time. So, and I always liked how it looked. I liked going through that area. The, the first section of the game, not including, like, the, the main part of the ship, but, like, section, sector one uh, is obviously a remake of, of SR388. So this one is like it's the first like original quote unquote kind of area of the game, so it kind of sticks out to me in that way too. Uh, the name always stuck out to me, uh, the the tro the T R O, and yeah. So this was a, an area that is is kind of stuck out in my memory for a while. Most areas in the game, this one and I forget which section, like the 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 snowy area and the dark areas too. All of this those sections really sectors really kind of stand out to me. But I thought this would be a cool one because it has a number of you know pretty major plot points that happen. And you do go through it multiple times, and they're pretty, you know, it, it gets pretty, uh, you know, dynamic and, ter- and diverse in terms of what you do in those areas as you go into them each time. And I thought it looks cool, too. So <laughs> that's why I went with it. Yeah, and let's talk about the the looks of it to get us kicked off here. Um, I, I like this area, too. This is, if I had to pick, it would probably either be Sector 2 or Sector 6 that stand out to me as the best sectors of Metroid Fusion. Um, this one in particular, just because it has, like, that really kind of like lush green aesthetic. It kind of reminds me of like green Brinstar a little bit. Um, I actually think it was, it probably wouldn't have fit in the game, but uh, it was a missed opportunity to have like kind of a scary remix of the green Brinstar theme. Um, I think that that would have been really cool. But uh, I I like the way that looks too, especially like the deeper that you get and all the foliage everywhere is just like overflowing. And it looks like... um, it just looks overgrown and like kind of kind of shabby and like out of control. And it's in very stark contrast to like the sterile look of the BSL ship. So this one always kind of sticks out to me. I'm a sucker for like foresty mm-hmm. kind of levels. And this is like the closest thing that Metroid Fusion has to offer to that. So I really like the look of it. And, um, you know, I, I was I was looking forward to, to kind of getting into the nooks and crannies of Sector 2 because I think that visually it's probably probably one of the better looking places because you know you've got uh sector one and sector six which are just very dark you've got sector uh i believe it's three or no four and five which are aqua and ice so they look you know they look kind of blue mm-hmm. and that's uh, <laughs> there's not much more to them so i was i was looking forward to, to doing this sector yeah this is well this this sector is layers when you talk about like how it looks, right? Because you first get into it, and it it's like a green kind of lab, and it still looks pretty sterile. But then the second you really go into, like, the next hallway, then it's, like, a little more overgrown and whatnot. It looks like it's, like, lived in. The larva's crawling around and whatever. You get a little deeper, and then it's, like, super overgrown. Like, there's 
just vines everywhere choking the place out. And you go even deeper than that and you get to like the the bluish like fungal blue area. moldy areas like you're going so deep you're getting to like the moldy parts of the green. I'm like wow, like I going through the first area too. Like first time you go through this sector, you go through all four layers of it in that kind of way. So I I always love that. Like even with that like one sector, it changes up how it looks very quickly and very often and you get the deeper and deeper you get into it like the areas you're in reflect how like you're you're getting deeper and deeper into the sector and you're going farther and farther into like the hidden and like parts and nooks and crannies like you said of the of the sector so i always loved that about it it wasn't just like oh it looked lush it's like it looks kind of normal it looks lush it looks really overgrown and lush and then it's like oh wow you're you're in the the absolute bottom of it where like the corpses and the mold and the fungus are and it's blue and whitish with dark background and i i always love that about this sector it's not just like a straight up jungly area um it really does take some liberties and kind of changes things up and i always love that about this area yeah, I thought that the blue spores in the in the basement looked like really, like really kind of cool, but like also kind of ominous because it's mm-hmm. like, what is this? Like, is this is it safe to be here? And I think that um, Metroid, and Metroid Fusion in particular, actually like really kind of pumps that fear into you. And I think that the aesthetic of like particularly the blue area with like you said with like all the the mold and the spores mm-hmm. looks really kind of threatening. Um, the green area looks really cool because it's like it's so overgrown and it's so like it looks dilapidated almost and then you get into this this inner area and it just looks so uh, threatening is the word that that i keep coming back to here but yeah i, I really like the look of it yeah. when you get uh, deeper into it um, one thing that i i like about sector two as well as we were kind of chatting before we hit record here a little bit and i i think that you could you know up until you get to Sector 2, um, Metroid Fusion pretty much tells you exactly where to go, what to do, and how to get there. And when you get to Sector 2 for the first time, Adam is instructing you that, like, hey, you got to go unlock level 1 hatches. I can't tell you where it is. So this is the first time that you're, like, really kind of, like, exploring with no, like, specific destination. Like, yes, you can explore... And there might be some obstacles in your way to get to your objective. But, like, this one, it's just, like, go find it. It's here somewhere. It's hidden. And when you do, you you finally get the Morph Ball Bombs. Which seems like... This game also seems to me that um, you you don't get bombs as quick as you do in other games. Nope. Maybe that's just me. But uh, it feels like a while before you get them. Is that Am I right? Um, it's, it's not too long. It is right after you get the security uh, doors open. But... Yeah, it, it does feel like it is a little bit of time. Maybe not too long. Into, I, I this mean, is like, still com- kind of early in the game. Comparatively speaking. But yeah, yeah, comparatively speaking. Yeah, for sure. Like in other games, it's like almost like one of the very first upgrades you get. But it's, it is still kind of one of the very first ones here. Um, and, you know, you do get it before like the high jump and jump ball. And I think you might. I think it. But I think it does come after the charge beam, if I remember correctly. Um, or right after. Or right before it. So. But uh, yeah, so I it's 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 a little later. Um, I think that's a good thing. It kind of like limits how you can traverse the areas, and of course, opens them back up once you have the bomb. Um, yeah, and that's another thing too. This area has a bunch of upgrades that you get kind of early in the game too. You get uh, a bunch of different stuff. You get the security doors open. That's another thing that you mentioned that I love about this game overall. And you know, going back to your like point A to point B and like telling you where to go thing. 
I think a lot of people will really remember the game as you go to point A, point B, it's super linear. You talk about fusion immediately, people's like linear, 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 but it's really like, it, it isn't. Like you have moments, like you just said, where he doesn't exactly tell you, you know, Adam doesn't tell you exactly where to go. You kind of have to figure out your own. Or you're given an objective, but you're detoured here. You're given an obstacle there, which for me is enough. Um, I love in this sector where you got to go and find the security doors and you're going around it and... You know, the SAX is as blown up a door, so you got to figure out a, another way out. Or, you know, this is being covered by whatever, some growth or something like that. And you got to figure out another way around it and still get to that objective that was already set for you. Or Adam gives you another objective that you got to hit beforehand and then go back to the one you're originally doing. I love that kind of stuff. And this sector starts, you know, to get that going. Whereas, like, in the first sector, it's pretty straightforward. Like, oh, there are these five things. You don't really know where they are, but if you look at the map, you can clearly see, oh, the big square areas are obviously where the stabilizers are. Um, and there's five of them. <laughs> so, but this area, really, I think the game starts to, you know, play with that, like, linearness and gives you, like, okay, like, you're, you, you, this is where you're going to explore and figure things out on your own while still having some guidance, which I think is cool. And also in this area, I love, like, the... Well, I don't want to get too far ahead, but the implications of the plot overall, there's, like, a lot going on in terms of you get the security doors open, and, oh, that opens up, the, you know, exposes more areas of the ship to the XIX. Um, that I loved. So, stuff like that. I like how the game isn't, like, it is linear, but it's not all A to B like people like to remember, and this area really does test that. Uh, all right, let's, uh, I actually just want to sidebar and go back just for a quick second here. Uh, I mentioned the music earlier. Mm -hmm. I I think that the music in Sector Two is kind of average. I don't think that mm. it's fantastic. It's not. It's not bad. It's just like it doesn't stick out to me. Like, like I was playing Sector Two this morning, and like I can barely remember what it sounds like right now as I'm recording this. And you know, maybe you know, I've played Metroid Fusion a lot, and I think that like, um, I think that. In general, it doesn't have the strongest soundtrack, but I think that that's more a fault of the, you know, of the Game Boy Advance and Metroid Fusion or Metroid Zero Mission rather kind of skirts around that by like remixing like the the established and classic Metroid songs, so like they're they're more easily able to stick out. Um, Metroid Fusion's music I feel is is a little bit on the weaker side. It's very atmospheric, which is good, but um, it doesn't have that same kind of standalone like zing to it i guess hmm. uh, i'd be curious to see what you like what you think about that would you disagree with that i uh, you know i will say that it's it doesn't have a lot of like very standout music no like but at the same time it's like when i replayed the game i was like oh it immediately like it all flashed back to me again i was like wow this music's really good and is it like stuff that's like super iconic like can you pick out the chords of like uh, you know, a major area of it. No, not really. I think it's because a lot of the fusion music kind of blends together a lot and also changes often. Like you might be in an area, but then you get like the the like the kind of like anxiety written like uh, danger of foot music you get when you go to like a nav room and you talk to Adam and all that, or like there's something going on with the SIX, which I also love about fusions music. Fusions, the music in fusion is always like constantly reminding me that there's some danger of foot or I got to be worried about something. And that's what I always liked about it. In this particular area, it has this, like, I don't know how to explain It's like this industrial jungle music, kind of. It's like, I, I really like the music in this area. But it's, it's hard to describe, which I think is the problem. Like, the actual profile of the songs and, like, tracks in this game sometimes blend together. Sometimes don't stand out too much. And sometimes can be a little hard to describe. And I'm no, I'm no genius or anything to be able to, musically. But 
um, when I replayed the game, I was like, yeah, I really love this track. Um, and I can and I can listen to it and remember it in my head right now. And as you were saying, you know, I can't really think of the tracks now as I'm recording it. I can like th I can remember like the uh, the ice area sector uh, music very clearly in my uh, head. See, I can remember ice sec the ice sector music too. Yeah. This one is just a little bit more subdued. Maybe it is, is, it, is the word for it. It is for sure. But it, it did come back to me and it did stick in my head very clearly. But I, I think that's because. I've just, you know, it's my favorite Metroid, 2D Metroid, and I've played it a lot. Right. This is the one that I've played the most, at, even more than Metroid Prime. Is the Metroid game? This is the Metroid game that I've played absolute most. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's more subdued. It doesn't stick out as much. Um, not as memorable, but I think that's okay. I don't think every track needs to be this like super standout um, banger. Not even banger, just like a, something that like has its own signature to it. I think it's it adds a lot to the area and is more supplemental if anything and isn't its own character in a lot of ways whereas in other metroid games you they it, the tracks really do stand out a lot of more a lot more for better for worse um i like the music See, in fusion and also i like the f effects too i don't think it's necessarily held back from the gba too much and i started to cut you off but i did want to mention that also in this area i love how when you're in the overgrown parts you can hear the water sloshing under Samus's. Like when she's walking around, you can hear the water splashing and the sloshing if you listen close enough. Love that, and that adds to the the overall audio experience when you're in this area. So I don't know. I like the music in Fusion. I like the the music in this area too. It really fits it. It's subdued. It's like like something's dangerous lurking afoot, and it's it's mysterious. I like it. You know, I actually was gonna bring that up at a later time, but I'll just bring it up now. Um, I was going to say, like, I think that the sound effects of Fusion are fantastic, so good. particularly, like, particularly the SAX when, like, you just hear the footsteps mm -hmm. and it's chasing after, or, like, you can hear it close and it's, it's... And, like, a know, shot of her gun, like, the shredding sound of her beam, oh, so good. It's, like, it's super creepy, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I agree about the music, you know, I think that a good music track can, like, can do all the things that we just talked about, it can, it can add to the ambiance, it can... It doesn't have to overpower the area, but it can give it like a sense of character. And I, and I, I don't know. I, I feel like it just kind of falls a little bit short of that for me. So like, I wouldn't rank this up there with the best like music that we've seen in yeah, that's, that's you know fair. any of our mapping Metroids. But on the other hand, I I probably would take this over like the uh, bombastic track that was in Chozodia at the end. So like, at least it's kind of got like the it's not overpowering. You know, if I had to choose, I'd rather take subdued over overpowering. So it's it's not that it's it's just average. Yeah, I think, I think the context me. is is important here too, because that Trozodia track that's like at the end of the game where you're like you're going in a very adventurous like all right like going at it with the pirates kind of thing. It fits for that. Whereas this is like this is the part of the game. It's still early in the game, and this sector is hinting at a lot of uh, the fact that later in this sector and in other sectors that you're gonna be have you're gonna dig deeper than what the initial map gives you. And in that way, I think the music works because it's not like, it's not really distracting you. It's not really like conflicting with what's happening on screen. It kind of like begs you to like investigate more, I think a little bit, but I do agree. It, it definitely isn't like super standout and it, it might not contend with like some of the best tracks that Metroid has to offer. But when you're playing the game, I think it works. All right, let's let's uh, keep it going here. So, like I said, you are in sector two. This is the the first trip of the game. You've just got your bombs. You've just got uh, level one hatches unlocked, 
and you're going to fight one of the very first bosses in the game. Actually, before we get there, actually, I want to go back just a quick second here and talk about the key hunters in this area because they are particularly awful, I feel like, because they shoot out little bullets that come out from the sides. And every time I play this, that always catches me by surprise. Those little bullets always hit me. And you get, in, in Metroid Fusion, you actually take, like, a ton of damage from, like, just regular hits, mm -hmm. which is kind of nice. It makes it a little bit more challenging. But, you know, shout out to these key hunters because they are very, uh, they're, they're very uh, dastardly foes that can take a lot out of you if you're not expecting the little side bullet out of them. There's, but anyways, yeah. so we, uh, we get our first boss fight in Sector 2 and uh, you fight Zazabi X. I have I have some thoughts on this guy, Dak, but like what what do you think about this boss? So Zabby X, is that what its name is? I always thought That's this thing was called something I th could have sworn it was called something else. You know what, actually, so um Metroid Fusion has a couple different boss names. So there's Yakuza is a good one. There's yeah. a different boss name for Yakuza, but I think it was in the original Japanese. Oh, Yakuza's the spider him. boss. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah you're right. But it's called uh, ghetto, I think, in in Japanese. Ghetto. So, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um. So this this very well, Zazubi could have a different, or Zazabi uh, could have a different name. But. Uh. Apparently, its other names are Pogo, Cyclops X, uh, Segmented Creature, and Giant Plant. So I'm just gonna go with Zazabi. <laughs> I could I could definitely see Pogo. Yeah, Pogo Pogo makes sense. Uh. This this boss fight. I, I always remembered it just because of the boss area, because it's, again, in that the blue, moldy area. Um, it's not a particularly... I think this is one of the easiest boss fights in all of Metroid. I mean, it's 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 so incredibly easy um, to win this one. I think it takes, like, a minute or less to beat it. But I always thought it looked cool, and it was... I, li I like the bosses in Fusion in terms of their design for the most part. But this is one of those bosses where, you know, it does its pattern above you, and you got to move left and right, and then, oh, it stops... And then you unload missiles into it, and and this is actually one of those boss fights where I don't even I don't even try to avoid it because you only take like a, like ten or twelve at least in normal like ten twelve like HP for getting like absorbed by the thing or like caught like you know caught in its I don't know what you call it mandibles or <laughs> mouth or whatever and you can just immediately morph ball bomb out of it so I don't even bother like moving out of the way after unloading missiles into its gullet and so you can kill it like almost crazy easy the only thing that kind of slows it down is that you have to go through each segment right um it's a it's a it's a pretty cool boss i guess i like the design Oof. uh yeah this this boss fight is like so stupidly easy all yeah. he does is hop around and like i could i feel like i could beat him with my eyes closed i think if i just ran left to right and shot my missiles upward i'd have a decent chance of beating him with my eyes closed uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's like, he looks so ridiculous that it, it's hard for me to take him seriously. Because he's like this big, giant, pink cyclops with like these five little flappily doos on the top of his head. Yeah. And every time I see him, I'm like, this guy looks like such a goof. He, he looks like he should be standing beside like Ronald McDonald and Grimace. He looks so goofy. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, it kind of takes me out a little bit because I'm just like, this is like, so ridiculous but it's a, it's a fine enough fight i will say one of my one of my critiques of metroid fusion is that i think that there's too many bosses um 
and a lot of them are like super easy and super forgettable. I think that Super Metroid and Metroid Zero Mission, um, and even Samus Returns do like kind of a good job in building up to like the the boss fights that you that you have. Um, you know, because like when you go and face Kraid or when you go and face a Dragon, like that's a big deal. Like when you finally made it to their lair, and I think that there's just a little. There might be, like, just a, a few too many boss fights in this game for me. Hmm. Um, and this is one of those ones that, like, could have been just, like, a, a mini-boss or something like that. Like, maybe not, like, a quote-unquote boss-boss. But, uh, you know, it's it's not, like, it's um, it's not a bad fight. It's it's enjoyable enough. It's fun enough. He he looks so ridiculous that it's kind of funny. And, uh, hey, you get, the, you get the high jump boots and you get the jump ball from him, which I really love because, like, in Super Metroid in particular, like, you have to go, like, so far out of the way to get the jump ball. And, like, to me, I think that's one of the most useful power-ups in that game. So I, I love that you kind of just get that ability packaged in with the high jump in this game. Yeah, I love having that kind of early in the game, and it makes the, it gives you a little more freedom. Um, I kind of disagree with the, the too many bosses thing, because I don't know, like, what... What would really change about the boss fight if you made it a mini boss? I don't. I think that's just kind of semantics. And, and the game already has mini bosses with the, excuse me, the boss fights that are solely core X fights. So like I think the charge beam, for example, like you just you just fight a core X. You don't even fight like a thing being mimicked into a core X. Um, I kind of like that. There's a lot of bosses. There's always like something lurking around the corner, and it, it makes sense for the ship, which has all these biological weird stuff happening all over the place so it makes sense that there's these crazy creatures kind of roaming around um and you know one of my things and i was talking we were talking about this before the show it kind of links back to that with you know my problem one of my problems with super metroid is that so often i feel like i'm just wandering around and nothing is happening and in fusion there's always something happening there's new information showing up there's a new boss fight there's a new creature to chase or, or be chased by or something like that there's always something happening there's always a, a, a modification or something happening to the game state. There's always something new being put in. There's an augmentation or whatever being happen uh, happening to the game state that mixes things up. I think the amount of boss battles, even if all of them aren't that good, that's fine. I mean, at the end of the day, Metroid has a lot of bosses across the whole franchise. None of them, not all of them are going to be perfect. And in like a 2D adventure game, like you can only make a boss so complicated or so crazy before it becomes like bullet hell. Um, so there's a really hard, like, balance to strike with a lot of bosses. I think Metroid kind of is hit or miss for the most part, and I really don't... I try not to grade Metroid games overall on their bosses, um, but I like that there are plentiful amounts. And I, while he does look a little... or it looks a little goofy, um, I do like this fight overall. I like having the fights happen kind of often. It, it, you know, it, it, uh, it mixes things up with the flow of the game. And I almost kind of wish Super Metroid had more <laughs> bosses, to be honest. So I didn't mind that. Even if this isn't one of the more memorable ones, I still like its inclusion in the game. I, I mean, I guess. It, it just to me, it's just like, you know, the law of diminishing returns. Like, you mm. you have so many that none of them almost stand out. I think that there's like, I think that there's probably three or four standout boss fights in Metroid Fusion to me. And that if they just made like those three or four boss fights and like, built up to them a little bit more and like made them spectacular i feel like that would have worked a little bit better for me but i mean that's besides the point we can we can move on here and talk about something at that that was really awesome um which is the first instance that you see the sax and this is where i was going to bring up how the sound effects of metroid fusion are just like really rocking here but like man i remember being 
I don't even know how old I was in 2002, but I, I wasn't very, uh, maybe I was like in my teens, uh, 13 or something. And dude, I remember like holding my Game Boy Advance. I was under the lamp because it didn't have backlight. I remember just being so like creeped out by the fact that this SAX was so close to me. I could hear its footsteps. The music stops. It's just like, it's, it's, it's chasing you. It's, it's hunting you. And I was just like, oh my God, if this thing sees me, if this thing finds me, I'm toast. And this is the first instance where you see the SAX in the game. Uh, it's, it is scary as heck. And this is, I think one of the best parts of the game. Yeah. It's the first time you see your, um, and in a non-cutscene fashion, right, where you can actually kind of interact. I remember as a kid at some points, like, trying to... <laughs> just going down there early and forcing it to fight me and, like, knowing I was going to die. Um, I love this area. I love this part. This, again, one of the things that Fusion does so well is that ominous, foreboding uh, buildup of the eventual conflict with the SAX. This thing is hunting you. It's scary. And I loved how it is, like... The thing is not just chasing you. It's it's very close, right? Um it's it's in the area that you're in. It could you could run into it at any time. I almost wish you did, but I like that they kind of structured it and made it for a better conflict later in the game. Um, but yeah, this moment is so good. It's like you, you have to have that like willpower. Like nope, I got I I'm not I'm not full powered. I gotta watch it. I gotta wait. I gotta have patience, and that's just so good. It's just really good pacing, really good tone. Like they they know they're they're teasing you with it. They're reminding you like this is happening, and it's really like adding on to like, oh, this is this is a threat. This isn't just another boss fight or, or Ridley or whatever it is. Like this, someone you're really gonna have to, you know, be at your full power to take on. But if you do want to go down there and try and get its attention, uh, you can, and you'll lose. Um, I also like in this area when I was replaying it this past weekend. You can actually go to that room before like the the uh, that like uh, event happens. And I was, and I was, I got into that room and I went up to the top. I was like, I know this is where the SAX shows up. Why is it not here? And I was like running around the room. And I'm like, oh wait, I'm not even, I have to go all the way up and do other stuff and then fall into this room and it happens. Um, yeah, the, the foreshadowing of this is great. I, Fusion was perfect with how it built up the SAX. And this is, you know, the very beginning of that. Like obviously other than the initial cutscene where it blows up the, uh, you know, the, the X holding area, the quarantine area, and then destroys the elevator and you get, you know, the iconic zoom in. And this is the first time you actually see in game the SAX in an area that you can also interact with it potentially. And that was really cool. I love how they set that up and 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 not only like the music like does cut out, but it changed this like like this swelling in and out like eerie like sound effect that plays while it's walking and the, the it steps echoing through the room the shredding noise of its beam it's like one shot of that will just like cut you to pieces i love it. the sax is one of the best things ever in metroid and yeah this area is so cool i love that and it sets up for some awesome stuff later in the game see that's what i'm talking about with the bosses though i feel like if every boss kind of had a build up to that like you have the build up to Nightmare. You have the build up to SAX. You have the build up to Ridley. I, I think it would be better. Yeah, but um, I feel I feel you yeah, there. But I, I don't think I, I, agree I don't think that. everything needs a build up. I, but again, that's just personal preference. I th I liked having the multitude of different bosses. I didn't necessarily agree that like having they're like diminishing your turns because the amount of bosses that are in the game, I never felt like the Ridley fight or the Mega Metroid fight or the SAX fight at the end were any less significant or important or um weighted or anything just because i had fought you know yakuza and what's his face and saris and all these other you know bosses beforehand 
Sometimes some if you if you build everything up and everything is important, then I think it becomes a little diminishing returns. But they I think Fusion smartly picked and chose which bosses needed what kind of build up here and there. The SX got it, Ridley got it to an extent. Omega Metroid, not really, but it was kind of like a. I, I feel like even even Saris got it to a little bit. Saris Sarah, like definitely you, got you it. it. Yeah, was. exactly. So there was I think it, it pick and chose it well. There were definitely a good amount of bosses that got build up, and the other ones didn't. I don't think I don't think you need build up for Pogo man you know i think it, it, it's a thing you run into it's a crazy freak of nature that you run into in a corner of the of the map and you fight it and you get out of there and i think that's you know it, the not knowing necessarily what might be lurking around what corner is a, a huge asset for the game so i think they it did pretty well with that in that regard let me tell you something. If I'm in charge of the remake, I'm getting uh, Zazabi on the chopping you're gonna, block. You're gonna, I'm gonna uh, you're gonna make like a, gonna a Zazabi origin story, and I'm gonna chop. learn where this guy <laughs> went to high school, so that way I can properly kill him, and and it'll have weight to me. That's what I'm gonna get from your remake. <sighs> All right. Let's speaking of remakes here. Let's talk about uh, there. There's been a rumor of Metroid Fusion getting a remake for like forever. I want a, a quick answer from you here, Dak. Um, a lot of the speculation of a Metroid Fusion remake would have SAX being in like randomly generated rooms and you have to hide from it. Are you for that or against that? What do you mean like uh, randomly? Oh, you mean like I just walk into a room and it could randomly be there? That's right. Um, or like you, you're in a room and it randomly shows up uh, after a while. Um, hmm. I, I've heard that rumor and I think it's, I think it's kind of interesting actually. I, I don't know that you can structure it maybe as well and you don't get those moments of like, dread like you do hmm. in the original but i think that it could work actually pretty cool you would obviously have to make it so that you know every room had like a little place where you could safely hide but i think that if done right it could actually be really interesting i think if it wasn't overdone right if i if i didn't have to fear every single room <laughs> i walk into or I, um because then that might be diminishing returns i won't have to like run into the sax a billion times throughout the, the game i like how it did have a little structure to it I think a, a nice middle area would be good. Like maybe running into it a little bit more and it could have this like uh, chance of showing up here. But I think keeping it limited helps because the more you, you run into it, the more you realize that, okay, maybe I can get away from it. If you've gotten away from it, you know, the sixth or seventh time, now it just becomes kind of like not a chore. I don't know. I, I think I would have to really see how it would be done in game. I'm not against it. No, I think it would be cool. One of the things I liked about Hunters was how you could just kind of run into a, a hunter out of nowhere and be forced into this fight. Um, and I think that would work well for the uh, for the SAX if it wasn't overdone. So yeah, I'm not against, I'm not entirely against it. I think that'd be a cool idea, and I'd be I'd be I'd be for that. I'd like to see I'd be done. All right. Well, we are out of sector two for the first time, and of course, we're gonna go. Oh, wait! Before we go ahead, I'm sorry, but I want to bring this up earlier. Another thing I love about this area is how it does change over time, even earlier in the game. Right when you first get into the area, you have the larva kind of like crawling, creeping, crawling around, and all that, which are better than the work robots, even though they're kind of similar. But you can kill them, and they deal damage, and you can even make them move a little faster. The blue ones. So, screw the work robot. Anyway. But then, after you run into uh, the SAX and you fight the uh, the Pogo Man, 
then after that, all the larvae is now like molting and like is in are in their cocoons and all of that, and they become like platforms and they're like really gross, kind of like weird looking. I I love that about this game again, like how it, it constantly is giving you new information and changing up the areas and making it more dynamic. So now it's not just larvae everywhere. Now you have additional platforms to to traverse these areas and and it looks kind of creepy. And I I. I do not like bugs, <laughs> so bugs in, like, stages of metamorphosis creep me out, and I always was creeped out by that. Um, so, again, another thing I love about this sector and the game in general is constantly changing the game state. Something I wanted to mention because this happens in the first time you go into this area, and I like that. Like, it was a nice little touch. Actually, I forgot to mention, too, right before you get to Zazabi, uh, I, I noticed this, that there was a few, like... Those cocoons that you're talking about, they they almost look like um, like dried out gamers almost. Like when I first saw them, I was just like, oh, these look like the like the enemies in Super Metroid that like the baby Metroid has sucked all the life out of, and when you touch it, it dissolves. So I always thought that that was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. For nice sure. Nice little nice little throwback. Yep. Anyways, so we're out of sector two. We go around and visit all the other sectors, and eventually we're gonna make our way back. Um, when you get back to Sector 2, the power is out. You've just beaten Yakuza and restored auxiliary power. But the main problem is all of the vegetation choking mm. out everything around Love you. Um, the egg sacs everywhere look very creepy. They kind of remind me in a weird way of Alien, actually. You know when you know in Alien when they're like in the... Uh, God, I can't remember the name of the planet. But like on the planet where like there's all of the like little alien eggs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And like it's just row after row of them. Yep. Kind of, kind of like gives me the similar vibes when uh, when I see like all these egg sacks everywhere. Yeah, I I love the second time you come in here. It's it pushes everything again, changes the area, changes the game state. I always love how you got to literally shoot through the overgrowth. I love that about this area. You got the key hunters annoying you. Sometimes you'll run into a key hunter that's like trapped in the overgrowth, and you like, oh, do I free it? Uh, like, oh, I'll go around it. Um, yeah, this is the, another reason I love this sector is every time you come back to it, even while you're traversing, it's changing and it's, it's, it's growing around you in a way. Um, yeah, I, the egg sacks are cool. The overgrowth, we kind of like cr- creates new routes for you to get through the area or just like force you to press that button a little more and spam that arm can a little bit. Really nice touch. Um, yeah, this is another thing that stuck out to me a lot when I was thinking about this sector was this portion of the game where you go even deeper into the sector and it's overgrown and there's literally vines like choking the air, not just like the, the, you know, the textures of the blocks that you're walking around and all that, but the literal areas that you as the player have to traverse now, I thought is so sick. God, this, this would have been so good to have like a really creepy remix of overgrown with vegetation. God, it just seems so perfect. Hmm. We didn't get that, but that's okay. Um, I do want to give a shout out to those awful... I don't know what they are. If they're uh, little key hunters, but they're wasps. They, yeah, they are yeah. awful. The, they're the awful. Wasps. I, I assume uh, that's what the the the, the larva like grows yeah, into, they right? Metamorphosize into. Yeah, they're they're terrible. They're they're pain in the butt enemies. Um, I think this is actually. I think this is still in like the main uh, reactor. But like when you're in the in the big giant room where you have to th- shoot through the vegetation to get to sector two, it's just like they're always in the way. So. God, shout out to those guys for being great enemies by being so awful and annoying. So they've they've done their job. All right, we get into Sector 2, and here it is. 
you finally have your first encounter with the SAX, and this is a time where the music of Fusion finally picks up, and it's like, it's selling you on what's happening, or at least I think. The music is like really going off. It sells the encounter. It sells the danger. Um, you know, I I have played Metroid Fusion, I don't know how many times, numerous times, enough to, to know the game almost from start to finish with without giving it a second thought, and still... I still get smoked by the SAX. I probably died like three times trying to get away from from the SAX. It's it's a really great encounter. I love when you know you're spotted and you have to you just have to run for your life. It's it's so it's so crazy intense. I I'm not not to flex on you, Andy. I'm sorry, but when I replayed it this last time, I got it on the first try, baby. Big man, First Jack. Try. Big man. Yeah, that's what I, I. I'm sorry I had to do it to you. Um, but yeah, no, I I I played it so many times that like it's like ingrained in my memory. Like when to jump, when to look up and shoot the door buzzer beep uh, light thing. I don't know buttons, whatever those are. Um, but it's so good. This is another reason I picked this sector is because that's like one of the most iconic moments I think in Metroid. Period happens there, and it's like okay, like you have no choice. You gotta run. And it's like, it's not even that long. And I remember, I remember as a kid, like thinking it was like so crazy and, and scary and a long sequence. It's really not. Now as an adult, it's not as scary. It's not as long of a sequence as I remembered. But as a kid, I remember, you know, I was nine years old when this game came out or eight or nine, but however old I was. And it like, it's legit scared me. Like it was like, oh my God, oh my God. And like, just finally getting out just in time, like that relief of making it, um, it's 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 so well done, and I I wish I hope in the remake they kind of even like make it a uh, they expand on that sequence a little bit, maybe make it a little longer, uh, a little more scary for us adults. But uh, I think it's just so awesome, so well done. How like just it's it's it immediately cements even further that this is like I can't wait to fight this boss, but it's, I'm still not powered up enough. You got to be like perfect almost not perfect, but like pretty on point with like your shots as you're running and like really tests you as a player and what you know up until that point to st just to stay alive and like having an enemy that you legit can't do anything to except like freeze. Um, and even then, like at some points I was just like, I'm just I'm just booking it. Um, but at other times it like, it gets ahead of you and you got to like freeze it and jump over it a little bit and get around like, uh, it's, uh, if, if you like, if you miss a shot in the door, then you got to be like, Oh, what am I going to do to occupy it? So I can get the right shot off. It's so well done. That's one of the best sequences in a Metro game. And it's, it's almost criminally short, I think. But as a kid, I remember it being like just the most significant thing. And yeah, this is another reason I, I brought this sector up because it's so awesome how they like really sold you on the threat of this character and they made you even Samus in like at this point in the story, like later in her career being unable to do anything. But like also, you know, well, that's because you're really you're fighting yourself at, at pro level MLG Samus, you know, um, it's so well done, such a well-written game. And this sequence is so exciting and, and fun and dangerous and tests you. It's, it's great. I love this area in this port. Yeah, love it, love it, love it, love it. Okay, I, I could go on and on about it, but I won't. <laughs> yeah, this is a good this is a good segment, uh, which is nice because we're going to talk about a segment that's not so good here. You you finally traverse further into Sector Two, and you get to the vegetation boss. His name is Natori, and I think that this fight sucks. Actually, I, I don't think it's very good at all. It's um, it reminds me of actually the Adventures of Batman and Robin for like the SNES and like you're fighting poison ivy and like 
she's at least interesting. But like, all you do is you stand on a platform and you just whale him with missiles. And like, there's some spores that are kind of flying at you, but like, they're so easy to shoot out of the air. And like, you literally just stand there and blast him with missiles. And then in phase two, it's even easier because he, sh he starts shooting plasma beam at you. And like, all you got to do is either jump over it or duck under it. And like, you're just sitting there like destroying him with missiles. Uh, like this is another reason or another one where I'm just like, I think there's too many bosses in this game. Cause like this, this boss fight just like, I think it sucks. Like it looks kind of cool. Like he looks kind of like a corrupted Chozo statue almost, but like, yeah, this, this didn't work for me at all. I, I don't like this boss fight, which is, you know, it's, it's too bad because you come right off the high of the SAX encounter and then you just, you fight this thing, and it's like, oh, okay. Uh, this is neat. I Well, first, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even realize that it's like, it. Is, I think it is a Chozo statue. I'm pretty sure it is like a Chozo statue-ish kind of thing. I thought it was, I always thought it was just a big mass of flesh. <laughs> like a big, massy, fleshy plant. I don't know. Um, I actually like this this boss. This was a boss that I remember as a kid having issues with because I would always be knocked into the plants and have to like wriggle out of them, like the 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 spore flowers on the between the uh, the platforms you have. Yeah, I I don't know. I it's is it again? Is it the hardest boss? No, but I like this one. I thought it was creepy. It, it presented some difficulty for me as a kid, and uh, I I thought it was a pretty neat idea. And now now that I realize it's like supposed to be kind of like a Chozo statue almost. I think it's even cooler. Um, yeah, I don't, I like this boss. This is this boss I like more than like Pogo and some of the other ones, even though it's not particularly hard. I think just the setup for it and how cool it looks and it's like a really creepy music play in. And it wasn't like, at least for me, it wasn't like the easiest boss. Like, I mean, the other boss in this game, you don't, I mean, you can just stand there and take damage and kill them. This boss, you, you can't, you got, you do got to have to move around a little bit and, and do some uh, gymnastics a little bit and shoot a little bit. I, I, like oh, this I didn't, I didn't move at you all. Move? I was on the platform. No, dude, you just, you turn to your left, you shoot the spores, you turn to your right, and you blast him with, like, six missiles, you turn to your left, you shoot this, like, rinse and repeat, and then, like, I guess you have to jump when he starts shooting the plasma at you, but, like, man, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I guess, I, I guess I, I could have just done that. This one is so easy that. to I me. guess I could, I mean, I guess I could have just done that. I just, at least how I always did it, and even when I just replayed it, I'm always jumping around in this one, probably unnecessarily. So that's probably, i probably making it hard on myself unknowingly and unnecessarily. Um, so maybe that's just me. But I, I, always, I always liked this one. This was one that when I ran into it again, I was like, oh yeah, I remember this boss. And uh, I, I kind of like it. Not, not the worst boss for me. It, it's too bad, because I actually think that um, you know, I said that I think that Fusion has too many bosses, and I stand by that. But I think for the most part, most of them are actually pretty fun. It's just that, like, two of the bosses... There's there's probably, like, three bosses that I really don't like. And two of them happen to be in Sector 2, which is uh, which is too bad. But I, I love most of the other bosses in this game. But yeah, this guy, he doesn't really do it for me. Um, but you get the plasma beam from him. You do. This is where this is where you kind of see... Um, Adam just being like, oh, you know, I, I don't know that we wanted to give you that yet, which is kind of cool because, mm -hmm. like, you kind of got little hints of the story about the corruption going on here, but now this is the first time where you're just like, okay, like, like what's going on with Adam? He obviously knows more. Like, why does, why does this weird plant thing have my plasma beam when I should have it? 
Um, so I, I kind of like that it adds a little bit of layer to the mystery going on. Oh, I agree. I get, well, like I was talking about earlier, like everything you do has like implications. Like when you're unlocking the security doors earlier, and then you get this, you know, the plasma beam. They're like, ah, that wasn't something we were gonna give you to download. Like, would you? You wouldn't download a car. Would you download a plasma beam? And uh, yeah, I like this. This is cool. I, I like how it's not like you just you beat a boss and you get the upgrade. You're like, oh, all right, I got it. I'm gonna move on. Like you did something, and there's an implication. There's consequences to that. So I. Yeah, I love this. Uh, everybody listening, give me a shout out if you would download a car, because I would. I need a new car. I, would, I, I, would I always saw those ads, and they were, I never understood that. I was like, <laughs> you wouldn't download a car. I was like, uh, if I had the if I yeah, had the would. bandwidth, I absolutely would. Are you kidding? Maybe not back then when I was, you know, it was two thousand three or two or whatever, and I'm in the movies and I see that ad. I'm like, well, I have a. Uh, optimum dial-up or whatever it was back then, you know? I probably couldn't download a car. Now, though, on Verizon Fios, with my upload and download, I could download a whole garage of cars, and I happily would, so uh, I would also download a car. a nice again. 3D printer. I'll, I'll download a car. Absolutely. Um, all right, so that's pretty much it for Sector 2 for, like, the main story, but, of course, you can come back, and we'll focus on some power-up expansions here. One thing that... Uh, I don't know. I, I want your opinion on it because I'm not really sure how I feel about this still. It's it's kind of got its pros and its cons. I like that. I like that the map tells you exactly where like a power up is, like what square it's on. But I because it makes it far more convenient. But like I kind of at the same time I don't like it because it it kind of takes that feeling. Like one thing that I really love in Super Metroid is like you're exploring like every little nook and cranny because there could be a power-up hidden anywhere right and like you granted you have the x-ray visor in that game which makes it a little bit easier but i just kind of like you know investigating every part of the world in that game where it's like in metroid fusion and zero mission you kind of know like okay well like i've got to this point and like i just need to investigate here which makes getting all the power-ups in the game super easy which i like but it also kind of um i don't know discourages you just from like taking your time and investigating everything which i like doing in super metroid so i i feel like you're probably more on the fence of like you you like this rather than not like this but i wanted your two cents on that i i like it i've always liked it i as much as i like exploring i don't want to explore every inch of an area because it just becomes so tedious and that was one of my problems with super metroid is that like i don't i like exploring the world and finding my way through but having to like crawl in the dirt and like like looking for things and all of that and and not knowing where something is specifically it does get tedious at times so for for me i liked infusion where it tells you that something's there or if you've picked it up already but it doesn't exactly tell you where it is in the room and you do have to once you get into that room figure it out on your own unless the the power-up's kind of sitting out in, in full view which it is sometimes um i like that it's not immediately telling you exactly how to get it and where to get it, but it's also not, like, leaving you into the wind and being like, all right, figure it out, you know? I like a little bit of guidance. Um, so, yeah, I think Fusion really does strike that chord pretty well. I like that I know where something is in a room so I can go back to it. I don't have to get it right now if I don't want to. I'll, I'll, I see that open circle. I can go back or if I'm, you know, because in this game, you do go back to these areas pretty often. All right, I'll leave that for later. I'll come back for that later. Um, it's not in my main route, but I don't have to, like, 
meticulously find it again once I've come back. So I, I've always liked this system. You know, I, I don't mind having a little guidance if it means, you know, a little more of a fun gameplay experience personally. And so for me, that was always fine. Uh, yeah, I don't mind that. Um, okay, so did any, uh, I guess, first of all, you were saying that you were playing this right. yesterday or today or whatever. Um, did you did you go out and, like, sweep the area, kind of get everything in Sector 2? Because what, what I did is I, I kind of blitzed through the game as fast as I could, but when I got to Sector 2, I explored and I got, like, all of the exits and whatever in, in that particular sector. Uh, no, I just played the game normally. I just went through the areas as if I would not doing a completionist. I didn't go... Uh... I, I did, like, while I was playing, yeah, like, I would, like, go a little bit out of my way here and there, but not necessarily to get anything in particular, or just to, you know, because we we're covering this as <laughs> for the show. Right. Um, but otherwise, no, I just, I played it as I would play the game normally, and I'm not, you know, when I play a game for the first time, or most of the time, I don't really do it for the completionist. I do it to, to have fun and have that satisfying ending, um, which I would love to have completed with another story and another sequel, but we've already talked about that many times. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't go in like a hundred percent the area or anything. No, but I, I probably right. should. I, I like I want to talk about some, I want to talk about some power ups that kind of stuck out to me. I will say that like, I, I don't think that there is as many kind of like fun power ups as maybe there was in Metro zero mission where like you had to do a lot of crazy stuff to get some power ups, but there are still some ones that are challenging and kind of require, you know, they they require you to be pretty good at what you're doing in order to get them. Um, the first one, there, there's a power bomb expansion, which is like, it's it's at the end of a hallway, and there's a couple rippers that are uh, they're flying around, and you need to freeze them in like a particular spot, mm. and like morph ball jump on top of them, and they're flying right above the ground, which is like breakable ground. So you got four blocks that break, so you need to freeze the rippers kind of like right in the sweet spot in between block two and three, and like hop over and get them, and you need to do this like two times and it's like it's a total pain in the butt but like you finally feel so good when you get to the end and get it mm -hmm. and in in addition to that there's like also an extra power bomb uh expansion hidden in the wall if you kind of drop down too so it's kind of like a it's kind of like a twofer here so this one was the first one where i was just like oh my god like i like i was like i said i was kind of blitzing through this but when i got to this one i was just like okay like I, I, I need to get this for my own pride. You know what I yeah. mean? So this one always stuck out to me. Yeah. Uh, I I don't remember too many of the actual pickups that I haven't gotten. Um, but I do remember the one you're talking about. I think uh, I'm probably going to end up replaying the game again since I have it like out. You know, like I, I dug it out a little bit um, and have it sitting on my on my nightstand. So like I could probably go for the 100%. Um, so, yeah, I'll take a look for that. All right, two other expansions that stuck out to me. One, there is uh, a, like a really big room, and um, every it's kind of, there's kind of like platforms in the room as well, um, and they're all dissolvable. So the second you step on them, it just you fall straight down. Mm -hmm. And what you have to do is you have to space jump uh, around them, and they're like the really tight kind of corridors here. So you have to be you have to be space jumping like very precisely at the at the right time. Really cool room though. You get an energy tank. You get a power bomb expansion. And, uh, it's, it's, again, it's one of those ones that's like very rewarding when you finally are able to, to like finally nail it and get into the corner. Um, I definitely fell a few times trying to get this and one of my, probably my favorite expansion, maybe in, in the entirety of Metroid fusion actually is there's a, there's a hidden room 
beside the uh, Zazabi room, uh, right at the top corner there, where you need the screw attack to get through the wall. Um, so basically, this is kind of reminiscent of Metroid Zero Mission, where like you you need to shine spark and then run and then jump and shine spark and crouch and run and whatever. You need to do this uh, six times, just kind of going up. It almost looks like it almost looks like a Donkey Kong level, but like hmm. you go up from left to right and you're crouching and jumping and shine sparking. And uh, I'm a sucker for basically any kind of shine spark puzzle. I think that they're just like super, super fun. So I, I love doing that. You get a, uh, a power bomb expansion when you're up there. And then when you get to the bottom corner, you can, you can also, and Metroid Fusion does this, which I really like. You can crouch and get your shine spark on. You can jump in midair regularly mm-hmm. and then shine spark in midair, yes. which Super Metroid actually doesn't let you do unless you're like really trying to like, you know, you, you can do it, but it's more of an advanced technique. In Fusion, they just say, like, okay, here you go. You can Shine Spark, and it's awesome. Right. So you can get an extra missile expansion in that room, too. So that's probably my favorite room of power-ups, actually, in the game. Absolutely. I just want to comment on the fact that I love that you can Shine Spark in midair. <laughs> my favorite things in the game. Dude, so I, I tried... I learned how to do it in Super Metroid, and you can do it. It's just... Uh, it's it's not as it's not as user friendly. Let's just say. Um, all right, one last thing before we wrap up the show here, Dak. I want your opinion on this. I'm not really a fan of how the map doesn't change to reflect the kind of like crashed walls and stuff like that, or like the crashed doors that the SAX blasts. I feel like you've kind of alluded to this. I think that you said that you liked it. I'm not a huge fan of that. What do you think? Um, what do you mean? So, like, if the if the SAX, like, destroyed a door, that would, like, it would say, like, a that area is not, like, you can't go through it now? I, I don't know. Yeah, it just says that it, like, because if you open up your map, it still says that, like, this room connects to that room when you can see that it does not anymore. Like, you finally kind of get there, and you're just like, ah! This, this door is, you know, destroyed. I don't mind that. I actually never really thought about that. I guess it always made sense to me that, like, the map wouldn't be, like, updated in real time on that. Though I guess that would be cool. Um, hmm, I never. I feel like you talk to Adam enough. It's just like, dude, update my map for me. Come on. I guess that's fair, but like a lot of the time, Adam, like as we already alluded to earlier, like throughout the game, Adam wasn't necessarily like uh, trying to keep you in real time updated, you know. So, I I think it's 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 it goes hand in hand with like the story of the game, but also I don't know if like they would have been able to like or even thought to do that back then. I think maybe in a remake, you'd probably you'd probably see that. But I thought it was I think it was cool. Like, okay, like, it kind of, like, you expect to be able to go one way unless you remember that it was already taken out, but then you get there and you can't. I, I never minded that. I always, I like that there was an opportunity to find your, uh, you know, go a detour route, for example, and not just, like, pull up your map and be like, oh, well, I can't go that way, you know. I like that you just show up and figure it out on your own. Of course, there are times where maybe it would probably be nice to have that information before you go all the way through somewhere just to remember that you can't make it through. Yes. But I think that was kind of part of the game. Um, is it a good part of the game? Uh, subjective. I, it's not something that's ever really bothered me, and I never really expected or even thought that the map would be updated in real time like that. Again, in a remake, I could see it uh, done that way, but I also think in a remake they'd probably change a bunch of other stuff that would you know be congruent with that kind of change too, so it wouldn't be like completely game breaking. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm neutral on that. I don't mind it, but if they change that, I also probably wouldn't mind that either. I feel like it's not a big deal unless you're like kind of sweeping an area and you're like going for like a hundred percent items. I actually like, I like the idea that the SAX is like blasting doors and you have to take detours or whatever to get to like 
you, you have to take more difficult routes to get to you know deeper parts of the sector to a data room or whatever um yeah i, I don't know i just exactly. wish it would like pop up on your map so like hey buddy you you can't go here actually like take a different way um but yeah uh dak any any kind of closing thoughts any final thoughts on sector two that you want to share uh i'm just glad that we picked this because there's a lot to talk about this area is so cool it's one of my favorite areas in any 2d metroid um there's so much anticipation and mystery in this and and foreshadowing to stuff that happens later in the game it looks really cool it's a dynamic area that changes over time and has different layers to it really well executed of course it has really monumental moments in the game with the sax and and all of that so uh, yeah, really solid, and I was very happy that we did this because it had me break out my uh, my DS and throw that that uh, that cartridge in the bottom slot and play my favorite 2D Metroid again, which I haven't played in a few months. So um, yeah, that's all I got. I I think if you all haven't played Fusion lately, throw it in your Game Boy Advance, throw it in your DS, get it up on your on your Switch or your Wii U, wherever you can you have it, or on your your emulator or whatever it is. Or not, uh, we don't distribute those, Nintendo. And uh, yeah, uh, enjoy it because it's a really awesome area. It's a really great game, and I'm glad uh, we got to talk about it and relive it a little bit. And I hope you all do too. You know, I actually was was glad that we talked about it because I feel like in Chozodia and Fendrana Drifts, like I really, really liked those areas, and I do like Sector Two, but I'm not in love with it. So like. It was nice to be a little bit more critical of a section because I think that that's cool too, like talking about like critiquing a sector and like what you didn't like. So I was glad that, you know, we kind of were able to do something where it wasn't just us fanboying about the, the area. And like we had, we had some different conversation about it. So yeah, I was, uh, I, I was down with this pick for sector two. Um, you guys listening, let us know what you want our next mapping Metroid section to be. We are open to suggestions and uh, we want you to let us know over on Twitter at Omega Metroid Pod. Um, all right, Dak. Any any closing thoughts before we get out of here? Um, yeah, let us know what you're thinking for our next topics. Uh, as I said, I changed my at Dak City underscore, so don't look for at the Rapture under, underscore anymore. Uh, I've been streaming a lot on Twitch. So let me know if y'all uh, enjoy uh, playing some Metroid. Come through. Let me know if you want me to play a Metroid game, and I'll, I'll get it running, and we'll do a little run through. Andy, I still gotta get you in so we can do another M play together somehow. We'll use Parsec or we'll use Discord somehow to get it going. And, uh, yeah, that's all I've got. And uh, for me, this is a great episode. Glad we got to chat about it. Happy anniversary oh, to other M. Yes. Ten years young. Ten years strong. <laughs> Still going strong. Another 40 more years. Let's do it. I want the 50th anniversary of other M. Um, <laughs> I can't believe it's been ten years, Jesus. But, yeah, wild. Well, still going strong, the Omega Metroid podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Of course, we want you to check us out over on iTunes, Spotify, uh, you know the drill, wherever you get your podcasts. Go like and subscribe and leave a five-star review. That would be so awesome. If you leave one, we will read it out on the air. We'd really appreciate that. Um, Hit us up over on Twitter. I am at Spateri316. Dak is now at DakCity underscore, and uh, we are at Omega Metroid Pod. That's it. We are out of time. And we will see you guys next week.